Hey, Giant fans, welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast. My name's Jerry Foley. I am the senior editor of the Giant Insider newspaper. And in this episode, folks, I have the pleasure of interviewing someone who gave us a Mount Rushmore of Giant plays, okay? This was the play before the Tyree catch, before the Manningham catch. Fourth and 17 in Minnesota against a very good Vikings team in the greatest year the Giants ever had. It was the play that turned the season around and the Giants absolutely went on and dominated the rest of the season. Of course, I'm talking about Super Bowl champion Bobby Johnson. Bobby, welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast, man. Great to have you. Thanks for having me, Jared. Absolutely. So I met you last year. I met him, Rodney Hampton, Otis Anderson, uh, Leonard Marshall. It was all the Ring of Honor guys. And uh, I couldn't, I can't say enough how gracious Bobby was um, to the fans there. And I said, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contact you if it's okay uh, for our podcast and an interview. And I'm so glad you, you're taking the time for this. So first off, um, what are you up to these days, man? What's going on? Uh, unfortunately, I still have to work nine to five, so I, I work daily, Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday, seven to three thirty every day. Nice, good for you, man. Um, so, look, we're, we're going to dive into your career. Uh, I think people would be interested in uh, the success you had here, uh, but you know, so we'll start off in college, right? So you went to Kansas, and you were undrafted. Now, the '84 draft, right? Everybody thinks of like Banks, William Roberts, Hostetler, Reasons. And your boy Lionel Manuel, right? Your your, your partner there, who um, as a kid I kind of mixed you guys up a little bit. Like I'm 11 years old, or actually in '84 I'm not even. I'm nine years old. And I'm like 88, 86, uh, and you weren't drafted. So if you don't mind, go into that. Like, were you expecting to be drafted? And and if not, like who contacted you from the Giants? How'd that process work? Well, actually, I was I was drafted in the USFL. I forget what round it was by the Philadelphia Stars, and I actually went to camp for like a week or two. And it just, for some reason, it just didn't feel right. I, I felt I didn't belong there. You know, I, I just, at that time, the USFL wasn't as big as it is now. And, you know, when you, as a kid, you dream about the NFL. So I, I, that was my goal. Plus it was Philly, right? Pardon? I said plus yeah. it was Philly, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, how, so how'd you find your way to the Giants then? Well, uh, my agent was uh, Jim Steiner out of St. Louis, and he, he contacted, I think, Atlanta, Dallas, New York, a couple other teams. What made me pick New York, I have no clue. I just felt like, I mean, if I can go up there and play, I can play anywhere, I guess. So you get there, and, you know, look, lo and behold, you have chemistry right away with Sims, it seems, right? I and mean, you're, you're a rookie, right? You and Manuel. I mean, you know, that was his first 4,000-yard season. Now, Moat kind of came into his own. But you, you led the team in receiving yards. You, 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 I think you led in receiving touchdowns, and you tied in um, overall touchdowns. Like, how did that chemistry work with Sims? Like, it it kind of clicked in camp as soon as I got there. Me and him just kind of, like, understood each other. I just told him, you know, throw the ball. I'm, I'm going to try to get it. So, and, and plus, he's very accurate. You know, Sims can throw some dimes. Yeah. And we just, I mean, we just connected. Camp started it all. And your first game, like you burst onto the scene, right? You had over 100 yards. You had two touchdowns. Were you, were you a little surprised at how kind of easy it came to you? Like that's a ridiculous first game for a team that really didn't have a history of passing the ball. Nah, I was surprised and kind of, you know, at the same time, anything is possible. You know, I expected that yeah. out of myself. You know, I mean, if he okay. threw me the ball, I had to catch it. So I really had no yeah. choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's nice. just part okay. of the game. It's yeah. something I've been doing naturally all my life. What's a uh, 
What's a good Parcell story from that year? So, you know, the year before they were 3-12-1, and and then that was kind of the first team that kind of started ascending, uh, you know, the giant franchise as we know it today. But what was he like to play for? Do you have any cool Par- Parcell stories as a rookie? I, I love Coach. Coach was like a father to me. You know what I mean? He, he really was. He asked, He understood me. He tried his best to, you know, help me along the way. But, you know, at, at being young and getting a little money in my pocket, I was hard-headed. But he tried to help me best he could. He he was a great a great coach, great person. Was he um was he as hard on everyone as as you know kind of everybody talks about or or what was that like or was he did he treat players each player differently how how was that? He was firm but fair. I mean, if if he came down on you, you expected it. You knew it was coming. You know what I mean? He wouldn't get on yeah. you for no reason. So that I mean, he was firm and fair. If if something. Yeah. If something happened, he would get on you, remind you about it, talk about you in the film room, embarrass you in front of everybody. He didn't care, but I mean, I mean, but I mean, that's coachable experience, you know. Constructive yeah. criticism. You had to get used to coach. You know what I mean? He he might snap on you and hug you the next minute. So you, you, as it dealt with it. Nice. Um, now now going up against that defense in practice, I, I guess you know I think Perry Williams, Mark Haynes was on that team. Um, who were you Patterson. lined up against mostly? Or was Elvis Patterson? Was it kind of a mix or what? Uh, well, the, our secondary was awesome. That's what made our receivers so good, made us so good because every day in practice it was competition, competition, competition. I mean, Terry, Kennard, Elvis. I, you know, me and Elvis went to college together, so me and him already had a history and you know competition every day in practice there. But it was just, I mean, Mark Collins. It was just. The competition was awesome. I mean, yeah, if, yeah. If, you could, if you could practice hard against those guys, the game was, you know what I mean? It was, it came smooth to you. Yeah, that's a good point because Banks always says, uh, iron sharpens iron. So him going against Bavaro definitely. got him to be better. Yeah, yeah. And it, was, it was like we weren't teammates in practice <laughs> sometimes, you know right, what I mean? Right, got that, right, right. got that heated. <laughs> Um, I didn't. I, I didn't realize that you went to school with Elvis Patterson. Uh, Parcells had an inter- interesting nickname for him to toast. Yeah, yeah. He took a lot of chances. <laughs> I mean, he was an incredible athlete. You know, Tulsa, he, I mean, yeah. Ellis was a great athlete, a great athlete. 4-2 speed, 4-3 speed, jump out the gym, cut up like a sculpture. He was just naturally gifted. But he took a lot of yeah. chances, though, and Parcel did like that. <laughs> Yeah, he, he took like chances, it. but he 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 did. You know, he could he could get get turnovers though. Like I remember in '85 when he had the uh, the pick six to win it against the Eagles. So yeah, he he yeah. took chances, but he was a bit of a playmaker too. Like that's I what people kind of forget about. He was him. always around the ball. It was always he was yeah. a ball hawk. Yeah. yeah, always around the ball. So eighty look the '84. You guys made the playoffs. You beat the Rams. It was an upset. Then you lost to the 49ers. Uh, but you could see, like, the, the seeds were kind of there. Like, they, they were planted, and you guys were, you know, going to, going to ascend. You were a very young team. You had some veterans like Carson and Martin, but for the most part, you guys were young. 85, you come back, you get the home playoff game. And, you, again, you're second on the team in receiving and first in receiving touchdowns with eight. Like, you know, that team compared to the 84 team, do you remember, did you, do you remember like, how you guys took a step forward and then, you know, getting the home playoff game? And if you could talk about that year at all. Well, you know, once you lose in the playoffs in 80, we lost in 84, that just made you hungry. You know what I mean? So we came back yeah. in 85. We were like, we know what it takes. We know what we got to do. It's a long season. 
And each game is very important. But, you know, when you first get in the league, you don't realize that every game matters. So we just, I mean, 85, we just tried to win every single game we could. Yeah, we, we interviewed Otis Anderson, Pepper Johnson, a uh, bunch of guys from the 86 team, Mark Collins, Bavaro. The only one who said that, you know, we didn't have a shot against the Bears, believe it or not, was Bart Oates. He said, no, they were gonna they were gonna kill us. The other guys were like, you know what? We had we had our chances in that game. I just want to get your take on that. Like, do you think because Parcells always said if we played him ten times, they beat us nine, but we could have won that day. Do you feel the same way? <laughs> it was it was it was they were tough. I'm not gonna lie, they were tough. I think the wind conditions and the weather had a little bit to do with, but they had to play on the same field we did. And as a matter of fact, I dropped a pass in that game in the end zone. The wind caught it, and it bounced off my face, man. I cried like a baby on the sidelines. The coach was like, what's wrong? I'm like, you just seen me whenever I dropped the pad. It was, I think it was right before halftime or something like that. But, I mean, they were a darn good team. They were yeah. They were more physical than we were that day. You know what I mean? They, they, I think they knew what it took, and we were just kind of getting there. We thought we were ready, but yeah, we weren't. <laughs> we weren't that day. I think that was one That's of our worst games we played all season, actually. Yeah, um, I remember it vaguely. I try not to watch it too much because, look, I'm a Giants fan. I but um, <laughs> but I, I remember, you know, obviously the, the Landetta play. I and mean, it's funny, you said the wind. I mean, the wind affected pretty much everyone that day, I guess. Yeah, and, and if you see Sean, don't bring that up. He, he takes that personal. No, I never I, – I interviewed him for the for the newspaper. I never brought it up. I couldn't ask yeah, him. I, I didn't I, want to I, ask him. I, the last time we were together at the Ring Honor ceremony, we were all at the hotel. I, I, I mentioned something like that. He looked at me like, all right. <laughs> I mean, he, he, <laughs> wasn't, he wasn't happy. <laughs> he wasn't nice. happy about it. So, look, you, you lose to the Bears 21 nothing, but you, you took a step forward record-wise. You got a home playoff game, which was awesome. Again, you could feel the, the ascension of the team. Finally, 86 happens. Now, opening night, I remember – you know, you and I'm what I'm doing, everyone, you can't see me, but I'm I'm batting the ball away, then you catch it and run this a spectacular touchdown catch and and run and, and you know, you lose I think thirty one twenty eight to Dallas, but you had a hell of a game that game. Yeah. That I, I lost the ball in the lights and I think the defender did too. And I, I knew it was coming down in that vicinity. So when it came down it actually hit me in the helmet and I just I yeah. caught it from there. And he still didn't yeah. see it. Yeah, I can't remember. If it was, I can't remember if it was Michael Downs or or, uh, or I don't think it was Walls, but I was trying was to think Michael. about who that was. But I was, it was, was Michael. It? Okay. Yeah, Everson okay. was on the nice. other side at that time. Yeah, yeah. I was looking right. at Everson because we talk smack to this day about our. <laughs> I told him I thought <laughs> oh, about twenty. <laughs> Me and us, Bake always dogged Everson. Yeah, we had some competitive games. I love playing Dallas. That's what made it so great. Plus, they always ran man-to-man. Yeah. -man. They never ran zone hardly. Okay, interesting. Joke. All right. Yeah. That's why you always had some big yeah. games against Dallas. Yeah, he they struggled against you guys. Like, Everson Walls was a great corner, but he great would corner. have trouble against you and Lionel Manuel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, it's hard to cover anybody. You know, if you got a good line and give Sims time, I mean, you can't cover me all day. Stacy, McConkey, me, Lionel, you couldn't cover us gave Sims time. That's why a lot yeah. of teams ran zone on us. But yep. Dallas never did. They they tried to go man to man. I was like, thank you. Keep doing this. 
See, I'm surprised. I had no idea that they would they played man. I I, I knew they had a read and react type of defense, but I didn't know they would they would go man in the secondary. Yeah, That's interesting. I think that touchdown was a blitz. That was a blitz, so they were automatically a yeah. man to man in. And I think my first touchdown in that game, they were blitzing. I just ran a quick out for a touchdown. Yeah, um, but that year again, dude, you have a what? You're, you're you're second in receiving yards, first in receiving touchdowns, and and you're you know you led the receivers. He says Bavaro had a thousand yards that year. But, you know, you have three years there, right, where you're at the top, near the top of the receiving yards and all the stats, all the necessary stats. So, I mean, talk about getting bang for your buck as an undrafted free agent, Bobby. Like, you were you were delivering for them. And, and, and it, it kind of it came too fast. You know, it, it all came too fast for me. I didn't – I expected to play, but I didn't expect, you know, to score touchdowns, yards, and be starting every game. I didn't really expect that. But, like I said, it happened, and – I got caught up in in the big city. <laughs> we'll get. Well, I was going to get to that. You know, the the trade after '86. But look, we got to talk about it. Fourth and seventeen, a great play. Sims took a shot. You're oh, he open. Shot. He makes a great yeah. throw. Yeah, I mean, Sims do you do you? I'm not going to give away his Bobby's email, but his email is pretty awesome. It, it refers to that play. <laughs> so when he when he sent me that, I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> But do you do you remember the play like yesterday, or you know, kind of go through it a little bit if you don't mind? Actually, I really wasn't even supposed to be involved in the play. I was just supposed to be clearing out on the sidelines and just run a, a go route, you know, as far as fast as I could. But as I was running, I was like, "Well, Sims actually when we were leaving the huddle, he said, Bobby, be alert. I might come to you.' So I just ran like 17, 18 yards and stopped. And it happened to be a you know a little opening, and Sims threw it. I don't even think he seen me. But he knew where I was supposed to be. But that comes from practice and chemistry and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, because I didn't see him. I just seen the ball coming because I think somebody's right in his face and his chin, actually. I just seen the ball coming. It wasn't a hard catch or nothing. It came right to me, actually, and I just stepped out of bounds. Yeah, but, again, that's like you found, the, you know, it can't be understated, though. You found where the first down marker was, and, unfortunately, a lot of guys don't, right? They'll, they'll come up short. I mean, you went beyond the marker, and you just – did what you were supposed to do, and he said, "Be you know alert." What I was supposed to do because it didn't, it didn't make no sense to just keep running. You know what I mean? It, it made no sense to just keep running down the field. So I'm like, at least let me just go 17, 18 yards if he needs me. I'm right here because he knew he knew where I was at. You know, because Phil knew where everybody was at on the field. So, because like I said, I didn't see him. The ball just happened to come out from the quarterback position. And it's that whole, you know, I'm I'm sure Belichick got it from Parcells, but that whole do your job, right? Just do your job, exactly. and, and, and you did. Yeah. Exactly. Do what you do. That's, they stress that. Parcells and, and Bill stress that. They just do your part and the other 10 guys will do that. It's funny in that game because I vividly remember you catching a post touchdown. And I thought, all right, we're going to win this game now. And then they came back and scored. And then you made that play. So that game was really back and forth. It was kind of an ugly game. It, it really was. It really was. For some reason, we, I mean, we, we were kind of. We got caught off guard, you know what I mean? We, we were prepared, but we weren't prepared at that, you know what I mean? We yeah. didn't think they were going to play us. Well, you should never underestimate any team anyway in the NFL, but we just came in kind of flat, and then we woke up late. But our defense kept us in the game. That that was the key to all that. Yeah, and I, I think it was – Tommy Kramer got hurt. Wade Wilson came in, and again, Giants with backup quarterbacks. It's almost like even against those great teams, it seemed like – Opposing teams could line up anyone, backup quarterback, and it gave him a little bit of trouble. I don't know why. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why either. 
Matter of fact, like I said, that brings the Redskins game. Jay Schrader came in one yes. game and just yeah. like looked like a darn Tom Brady at that time. I'm like, where did this guy come from? We did struggle with backup quarterback. I guess because we watched film on the starters and you knew, you know, you knew their tendencies that a backup comes in, you're not prepared for them, really. Yeah, that was the uh, the Thiesman leg break game. Yeah, on exactly. Monday Night Football. Exactly. And Schrader came in and had a good game. So you, uh, look, you guys catapult from that play on. And then I remember vividly the, look, I, look and, and I'm saying this as Giant fan. Giant fans are crazy. We're all nuts. Like, we remember all these plays. And Got a you, you had the touchdown against the 40. Right, yeah, we're, we're out of our minds. But you had that touchdown against the uh, the Niners. And what I remember about that play was Sims took an un, un, unbelievable shot. So for the score being 49-3, to he gets drilled and then you catch the touchdown pass in the playoff game. That was your that was your playoff touchdown. Actually, that was my last touchdown of my career. Literally, yeah, point. right? Yeah, that literally was. So, so we're gonna we're gonna take a break, guys, and be right back, and we're gonna kind of continue from there. You're listening to the Giant Insider Podcast. Hang on. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. And we're back, folks. You're listening to the Giant Insider Podcast with Jerry Foley and Super Bowl champion wide receiver Bobby Johnson. Again, really, Lord thanks Lord. for, Thank for you, being Jerry. with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Jerry. So you go through the playoffs, you win your win the Super Bowl. Um, then you said, like you said, that was the last touchdown uh, pass that you caught for the Giants. So the offseason comes and, you know, it's all about are they going to repeat? What's going to happen? Then there's the, you know, there was talk of the strike early on. But I remember, again, man, as as a, what, I was 12 years old, and you I heard Bobby Johnson old, got, Come on. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm 48 old. now, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I remember, like, Bobby Johnson got traded, and I remember as a 12-year-old going, why? Like, this guy, I just read you kind of the stats, like, you're, you're leading and receiving, you're, you're always there in touchdowns, you're, you're reliable, I don't remember... I don't even remember the pass you dropped against the Bears. I don't remember you dropping a pass. You caught everything. Yeah, no, yeah, right. I cried. I, I literally cried. I promise you, I cried. But, you, you know, it. there was no social media back then. So it was just, why would they trade Bobby Johnson? He wasn't expensive. He was reliable. Um, look, I'm going to ask you, like, what, what, was the, what happened there? Why were you traded? And if you can go into that at all. It kind of started from the Redskins game before the 49ers game. I arrived late from being up all night doing my thing, my addiction. Mm. And it started from that. The game hadn't started yet, but I arrived late. You know, we were supposed to probably be there like at 1230 or so, maybe 1130. I think I got there like at 1245 or something like that. And it, it just didn't – I mean, it didn't settle well with anybody. I don't blame coaches, the players, nobody for, you know, being pissed off that day. And I, from you, that day on, I knew – you know, I knew my time with my days were numbered. And plus, but you like, started I, I, in that game. Yeah, yeah. You, you still, I mean, you still started. You were, in, you were, in, you were introduced in the starting lineup by Bob Shepard. So, but see, that's how Coach Woods. See, I say, you know, he was fair but firm. But I knew 
that my, my days were numbered. If any, if you think about it, I didn't have a home to leave. I had a catch in that game. No, I, I, I actually looked that up because I, I remember Manuel had a touchdown, but I don't exactly. remember you having a catch. And I looked just to make sure. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And see, that's, that's where it started. And if you think about it, I didn't have a catch in the Super Bowl either. So did the issue start when? What year? When, when did that happen? Mm, like the fourth, fifth game of 86 season, Super Bowl season. Oh, okay. So so 84 and 85, there were no issues. No. It was more 86. No, 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 no. I was a, yeah. I was, I was a good kid. I was a good young man in 84 and 85. 86, you know, like I tried something I shouldn't have. And it just, I wasn't strong enough to say no. Yeah. At that time. So, so it was just being young, being successful, and being in New York City. I mean, at that time. It just, it, uh, it was just, yeah. Just one of them nights that you, you know, I mean, we, I think we had won a game and just celebrating and so, somebody offered try you better try this i'm like no i've never tried this before i've never snorted cocaine or nothing until that night you know i mean i've drank okay. smoked a little weed but i've never done any other drug besides marijuana and cocaine so you get to the redskins game in 86 um you get there late who's the first person to greet you i think it was coach i think okay. it was coach yeah and he let you play he let you start I actually almost ran by him because I thought he'd go straight. <laughs> I did. I couldn't look him in the eye. I mean, I was. You know, if you're a team player, you know that. You know, you I mean you're letting people down, and to this day, it still affects me. I still think about that. You know, I'm not. But everybody said, you know, it's 35, 40 years ago, but still, I mean, it, it still just affects me a little bit. Because I mean, I love those guys, and they love me, and they they were actually worried about me. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were actually worried about me. They were happy to see me when I got there because they thought something had happened to me. And yeah. Because they they, they kind of had an idea of what I had been doing, you know, weeks right. before. They kind of knew I was on drugs, but nobody really said nothing, you know what I mean? We're all grown men, you know? So people try to keep all that stuff to themselves, and they were hoping I could just handle it and eventually stop, but I couldn't. But I think yeah. people knew what was going on, but nobody really ever said anything. So you get traded to the Chargers, and then what? How did that go? What happened there? I was there. I think I was there maybe a week and a half or so, yeah. if that. Yeah. I made a statement. <laughs> I made a statement in the paper when I. When I it might have been the first second practice. I just I wasn't trying to be funny or nothing. I was just being. I said. I, I said the Giants. I said we practiced a little harder than the Chargers did. I said that. I, I don't know why. It just came out. I was just being truthful. And, th- and that next day, the coach, <laughs> I think I had to run 100 routes. <laughs> and then we had a <laughs> – yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. And then the next yeah. day we had a we had a preseason game after that. And I could not – I couldn't stand up. I could not run. My legs were dead, you know, from yeah. camp and all that. And eventually I was cut. So but you were caught in that – yeah, go ahead. I, I believe I was cut before I even got there. You know, what I, I just had that feeling. I think yeah. I was just traded from one coast to the other just to kind of disappear. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. So yeah, so so you're cut. You don't play again, and then you know, kind of go from there. What uh, what what do you what happens to you after that, Bobby? Oh, that 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 was the beginning of the torture. I mean, yeah. 
Well, somebody, I mean, just like anything else, if somebody takes a toy away from a kid that he's been, you know, loved all his life, he's going to be, he's going to send him into, you know, he's going to be pissed off. And I mean, yeah. football is what I love. I mean, I didn't want to yeah. be a doctor, lawyer, nothing, nothing else, but a, I wanted to play football all my life since day one. And once that yeah. was gone, I mean, I probably could have went to another camp or two, but I just, I just feel, I just, I don't know. It took my soul. Yeah. And I just spiraled yeah. from there. I'm like, I ain't got football. I might look just, you know, so I smoke yeah. crack every day. Like I said, I mean, I had nothing else to do. I didn't have it. I felt this, but I didn't have nothing else to live for at right. certain points right. of life. So you end up losing the Super Bowl ring and um, the it. Giants. Yeah, right. Yeah. The, the Giants get it back. So Coach go Carson, through that. Like, tell, tell, tell that story, man, because that was heartwarming as hell. I'm, I forget how it actually came about. Something that happened. We had a reunion before that, I think. And I was up yeah. there and I didn't have my ring. And we were talking about it. You know, me and Coach never discussed it. I think he just got back to him and all that. As a matter of fact, a lot, well, you know, it's embarrassing when everybody else got their ring on and you don't. You know what I mean? And finally, the, you know, the story came out. Actually, on ESPN when I've done that Monday Night Football countdown because I kept all that a secret. I didn't didn't know really nobody know what I used to just make up something. My part the rings in the safety deposit box or something. I was lying. The whole you know what I mean. You know what the drug act yeah. does. We lied. We lied. Yeah. And like I can say him and the uh, coach called me one day. I actually was at work. <laughs> he said, "Would you like to get your ring back?" <laughs> I almost dropped the ball. Like, yes, sir. I mean, without a doubt. Yeah, him, him, him and the gentleman, Mister Lee Ford. So Parcell, so so he helped Parcells and and Mara, and then and you said Mister Ford helped you get get it back. Yes, yes, Mister Lee Ford. I think that's his name, gentleman, Mister Lee Ford. Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. and the, and the guy that actually bought it from the pawn shop, me and him are good friends. Me and Mister Allen Joseph, the guy that actually they bought it from, me and him were friends from. Dave, when he first bought the ring, he contacted me and let me know that he had it. Did it, did it have, to, I'm just curious, did, did it have several owners in between or, or how did, like. No, no. Okay. I, I think he was a, the first one that got it from there. I think he got it for like 7500 And I only found, oh, wow. I found it for, I found it for just $250. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, so $250 and they paid, someone paid 7500 for it. Okay. Mr. Wow. Joseph did. Yeah. Mr. Joseph paid 7500 And I, he, I actually visited him and everything before I even got my ring back. Me and him became friends. Me and my brother went up there and hung out with him. He showed, I mean, I seen my ring in his, in his room, in his office and all that kind of stuff. Put it on. Yes. That's yeah. unbelievable. That's a, that's an incredible story. And me and him are friends to this day. He lives, actually retired now. He lives in Florida. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's about resilience, though. It's resilience, though, too, on your part, Bobby. I mean, you know, you, you, you're talking about the issues you had, and, and now, what, how long have you been clean? Since December 3, 2002. Yeah, that's, that's, that's incredible. 21 years, almost 21 years now. You know, it's all about oh, well, resilience. I could have done it when I was playing. <laughs> but just, yeah, but, they but didn't you know what? Programs and stuff like that. You know what I mean? If, if they would have yeah. had programs, I probably could have licked it and all that back then, but wasn't no program. It, nobody talked about it. It was kind of like, you know what I mean? Hush, hush. Don't talk about it at all. But we know you're addicted. But we can't do nothing about it, really. And I, I got to ask, did anyone, 
Did anyone in the Giants organization try and help you or no? I'm just curious. I'm sure they did. I, I mean, I didn't. Like I say, people didn't really – we didn't talk about it. I just came to practice right. every day, played the games. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we know that you're addicted to something. But, yeah. you know what I mean, just keep bringing your butt to the game and practice. And at the end of this season, we're going to trade you. That kind of – you know, kind of how it went. Yeah, so, but you were you were kind of hiding it too, though. So they didn't really yeah, – it wasn't as yeah. – yeah. Yes, but okay. I mean, like I say, at certain points, you, I mean, practice would be at 10 o'clock. I'd get there at 9.59. You know, it, it was just yeah. – signs just of any addicted person the signs of being late the signs of just like we're at the super bowl i was up and doing it then i was sleeping in the locker room and it's actually a video of lt putting a dog on my in my face because i was asleep before we had practice because i had been up all night i hate to say it but i mean that's true stuff no, yeah, listen, I, I, you know, the honesty is incredible, man. I, I, I give you credit for it um, because not a lot of people would be honest. And, and you are and you're clean now in 21 years. That's that's an accomplishment, Bobby. Um, that, that, I mean, that's that's bigger. Than, I mean, the Super Bowl ring and Super Bowl was awesome. But getting clean was I mean, uh, yeah, I felt reborn. I'm reborn. Good for you, you don't man, realize how how your life is affected when you're addicted until you really get clingy for 10, 15, 20 years down the road and you think about, God, dog, it's terrible. So you, you talked about Parcells, you brought up Sims. How competitive was Lawrence Taylor in practice and, and to, just to play with? Like I say, my first day there, I, I told him when we got in pads, I said, I'm glad I'm on this team because I would hate to play against you guys. And so yeah. like, like I said earlier, I hold – Team was competitive. That's what made us good. Like yeah. I said, LT, Harry, Byron, Andy, Burke, Leonard. I mean, you know what I mean? Our offensive line was competitive. Our receiving core was competitive. Running backs were competitive. It was just so much competition. And man, oh man, you know how we, <laughs> you know, how when you put the pads on, you think you, you know, you got to yeah. stand up for yourself. So it just, but LT was just another a different breed, man. I've yeah. never seen nothing like him. When people ask me this day, I say he's the greatest player I've ever seen with my own eyes. Yeah. Yeah, offense or defense, him, right? Offense yeah. or defense. I've seen him make plays. That, I mean, I don't know how he's done it. It's interesting because uh, Carl Banks is, is a yeah, he's a Hall uh, of Fame. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what category it is, but he's, he's in the final run of players right now. Yeah. My partner and I, Chris, have talked about how he gets overshadowed. Um, and he yep. says because Lawrence Taylor, but also because Carson was on that defense as well, on the well, a, a linebacker as well. Uh, but Banks was, um, we always said Banks in the, in the playoffs that year was just insanely good. Bank, Banks was a rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. You didn't want to, you didn't want to run toward Banks. You didn't want to, you know, block him one on one. He, I think he was more physical than most linebackers on our team. Him and Harry were physical. You know what I mean? Banks would tear yeah. your head off. Lt yeah. would too, but he wouldn't. You know what I mean? Banks would come with that punch like Gary Reasons. You know what I mean? He would hit you. Yeah. He would smack you. Um, as far as opponents go, uh, you mentioned Dallas, but was that the team you liked going up against the most? And in particular, was there a player you liked going up against? Dallas, Everson, Redskins, Daryl Green, mm-hmm. the Rams, uh, Leroy Irvin. Yeah, nice. Okay. Leroy Irvin mentioned. Good job. Go. Actually, he went to Kansas too. That's right. Oh, okay. All right. But he wasn't yeah. there when I was there. But you know, he was a Kansas. And actually, right. Nolan Cromwell, he played with the Rams too. He's from Kansas also. Where was the toughest place to play? Hmm. 
I'm probably gonna say San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Even 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 better than even than the Chicago. San Francisco ain't no joke. Back then candlestick, it was like or RFK back then. Loved it that was though. Great. Great, great atmosphere, though, right? Great atmosphere. It just, I mean, it was football time. You know what I mean? When you walk in them stadiums, you know you get ready to play some good football against a good team. Yeah. Love them yeah. stadiums. Yeah, Seattle wasn't bad at the time either. Yeah, that game, that was a weird one. It was a lot of interception, a lot of turnover. Seventeen, twelve. Like you, you had that one, and then you didn't lose after that. But that was a tough one in '86. I know. See, that that that's one of those games that just pop up out of nowhere. I don't even really remember. You know what I mean? But I know we lost. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? But it was a tough yeah. place to play, and I don't even think they were that good at that time. We were supposed to smack them in the mouth then, but like I say, we came out flat. I remember Kurt Warner, you know, the running back, not the quarterback. Kurt Warner, the yeah. running back, said that year. I Great. remember, um, in, yeah, inside the NFL, they asked him about the giant defense. He goes, they don't talk. They just pop you. That's it. That is, I'm yeah. telling you. I got to say, yeah. day one when I got to camp, I said, I'm glad I'm on this team because I do not want to get hit by none of y'all. They yeah. fly around, man. I've never seen a defense like that, except maybe – Maybe the Bears the year before us, but them two defenses were—I mean, I—I I, I think they're alike. A lot of people say they were better than ours, but I don't think so. Yeah, and that's why the Seattle game—they, you know, the two losses. Like if you just won one of those, the fifteen and one. Like the—I feel like sometimes the Giants get not overlooked around here, but like when they say, "Oh, the best defense of all time is the eighty-five Bears," it's like. But wait a minute, we had a run for a while of success. Oh, like Lawrence Taylor, Banks, Carson, like you said, Marshall, Burt, Martin, all these names. And they get overlooked sometimes. Yeah. And see, people don't forget about Andy Head. If it wasn't right. for Lawrence Taylor, Andy could have been a starter on anybody's team. He was yeah. out, man. He was just as good as LT. Close. Yeah, but, I mean, you know what I mean? He wasn't just as good, but he was close. If free agency was around then, he would have started somewhere. Oh, yeah. He'd have made some money. He'd have made some money. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're exactly the, right. You think about that. Byron Hunt and Hedden were the fifth and sixth linebackers on that yeah. team. That's incredible. could have started crazy. on anybody else's team. Yeah. Could have started. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you, be, you, you mentioned the Niners before. I, I'll never forget the uh, the Monday night game. 17-0. Um, come back and win that one. Uh, it, that was a that was a brutal place to play, though. Like, you lost in, in the 84 playoffs and – you got over the hump in 85 by beating them, but going out there in 86, that had to be a mental thing too, right? Just being beating them in candlestick. Uh, definitely. I mean, when you beat the 49ers, you're beating somebody. You know what I mean? You're beating a, a traditional powerhouse to me in, 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 in the NFL. So we feel good about ourselves. You know what I mean? We yeah. feel good about ourselves. Yeah. And it's certain, ga- it's certain times, like I say, during that 86 season, I, I think after we lost to Seattle and won a couple games after that, it was like Super Bowl of butt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that we right. never, we didn't talk about it. We were like, this that's our goal. We know we're gonna win. That's how I felt anyway. I feel we are gonna be the champions. Yeah, I think most Giant fans felt that way watching. They're like you, you you almost you looked forward as much as we love the offense, you almost looked forward to watching our defense dominate exactly. you know the other teams. Like, oh my god, exactly. they're, they're done. Exactly. I could say when the, when the defense was out there, I never sat down. It was like watching TV. I was like, what are they going to do next? Because you, you never know. We might get a turnover, LT sack, or Perry Williams interception, can know anything can happen. It was like watching TV. I was excited about watching our defense when they were out there. Yeah. They got me hyped. 
So, look, man, you had three good years with the Giants that, unfortunately, you know, look, they, they get kind of overlooked because they everybody thinks fourth and 17, but you were the leading receiver in two of those three years, right? Or at least from a wide receiving core. How do you look back on your career, Bobby? I think I think it was it was it was all right. I think yeah. I could have done a whole lot better. I could have, you know, stayed in the film room a little longer, lifted some more weights, try to work on my speed. But you know, back then it was just it, I think everybody back then was painted on just sheer physical athletic ability. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and you know, a little bit yeah. of well, quarterbacks had to do a lot of film studying, but we were just playing on sheer athletic ability. I was. I mean, I yeah. watch a lot of film because I actually played high, uh, quarterback in high school, so I knew that you had to study, you know, and all that. But I was just basically playing on sheer athletic ability. And just knowing my playbook and practice, I would, believe me, my mind was, you know, whatever they asked me to do, I would do. And I knew the playbook back and forward. So I felt confident about what I was doing every Sunday. Yeah. And plus, Parcel was Yankee if you if didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. He um, didn't play that. If you don't know what you know, you're doing, you ain't getting on the field. That's what he's saying. Everyone talks about Belichick as one of my last questions. Everyone talks about Belichick, and rightly so. He's a great defensive coordinator. You know, great head coach, probably top three of all time. But what was Ron Earhart like? Like we don't. It's it's kind of a guy that's kind of forgotten. <laughs> he actually was the the guy that kept us together. He was funny. You know what I mean? He was, yeah. he was good serious, but he'd tell a joke anytime. He'd smack you in the back of the head. He he would just say he would say crazy stuff, I guess, to relieve stress from you. Even during the game, yeah. he would make crack jokes and stuff like that. But the, the, as yeah. long as you knew what you were doing and but he he uh he would embed that in you. We would practice certain plays over and over and over and over and you know, in that playbook over and over. He made sure we knew what we were doing but having fun at the same time. He kept it loose. He was a complete officer to uh, Belichick. (laughs) Oh, was he really? Okay, that's interesting. All right. Yeah, Bill didn't crack no jokes. (laughs) Bill was like, here here go your playbook. Well, I can understand on the defensive side, but yeah, Earhart, I mean, we used to have a good time, but Belichick wasn't wasn't going. But that's defense, though. You got to have that mindset. Offense, you kind of got to be a little loose and free. So you're working five days a week now, you said. Anything else you want to plug? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, actually, like I say, me and Coach, after I've done that Monday Night Football interview, I interviewed with him in West Palm, and we hung out for a day or two. That was actually yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, we don't – like I say, he knows I don't, I don't have no hard feelings. He don't have no hard feelings. We hug. And, he, you know, he said, I wish I could have helped you back then and – yeah. You know what I mean? But I was like, I was a grown man. I didn't ask for help. I didn't, you know, so it's my fault. I blame no one in the organization, nobody on the team. I blame myself. Well, listen, man, um, you gave Giant fans a lot of good memories. Uh, I'm, I'm, congratulations on being clean. That's the most important thing yes. of everything yes. you've accomplished. That overshadows all of it. Thank you. And, and I said this to you when I met you the first time. That ring is back where it belongs. Thank you. Yeah, I know that's right. Like I say, you, if you see me when I got it back, I cried like a baby because I mean, because I pondered like in ninety something, and it, you know what I mean. It was years before I yeah. seen it, but I mean, I knew who had it, but I didn't have it on my hand. You know what I mean? And then when I go see when I seen yeah. Allen, he just had it in in the box. But I'm like, this is not mine. This is your ring. You know what I mean? I earned it, but it's your right. ring. 
I mean, you buy. Yeah, man. Um, it's an incredible story. Um, I really want to thank you for the time um, you. and, and your candidness and the honesty. I really appreciate it. I think Giant fans are going to love this. Uh, you, you might get more requests from other podcasts, too. Oh, no problem. Um, no problem. I'm, like I'm gonna... We didn't even go to the, into the homelessness and all that, but we'll do that next time we have another interview. Hey, yeah, listen, man, about. you can talk about what you want. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't know that. And I it's funny. It's 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 a delicate line between talking about everything and then being respectful enough to understand what you want to talk about. So what if you I'm game with talking about anything. Like I say, it's already out there. I've talked about it before. You know yeah. what I mean? I was uh, contemplating suicide, all kinds of things with going through my head. I mean, once you lose something you love, it's like I lost a family member. You know what I mean? It was once yeah. I lost football, I lost myself. And I didn't really have anything wow. else to fall back on or do. And I didn't want to do anything else but football. Well, listen, man, uh, you're doing well now. And, and like I said, Our being life clean. Is good. God is good. Yeah. Good for you, man. Where are you, where are you living now? Where do you live? I live in a town called Murfreesboro, Tennessee, about 30 minutes outside of Nashville. Okay. Cool. Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Yep. All right. I was born well, in a town called Shelbyville, about 20 minutes from here. So, yeah, mama's still here. That's why I'm. That's why I'm here. <laughs> oh, very good. All right, nice. Yeah. Mama lives about ten minutes away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I, you know, a lot of people talk about their hometown, then they end up living like ten minutes from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mother's ninety years old, man. I that's my that's my best friend. <laughs> oh, God bless her. God bless her. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, listen, man, you're a champion, um, and thank you for the time, Bobby. Really appreciate it. And I, like thank I said, I, th I think folks are going to love this, bud. I hope so. I hope so. All right, man. Hey, we got we to do this again, Jerry. Yeah, look, I have your I have your phone number. I'm going to bother you now. I'm just going to – we're going we're gonna to text like we're boys. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> thank you, man. It's good seeing you too, man. Thanks, Bobby. I appreciate it, bud. Right. Take care, buddy. Take care, man. Yep. God bless. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed that. And to order a subscription to The Giant Insider, go to www.thegiantinsider.com and go to Magster for a digital subscription. That's M-A-G-Z-T-E-R. All right, guys, Sundays are giant days. Take care, everybody. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.